This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. What's happening? Billy Carson here, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. Glad to see everyone in here. I see the chat room is already chomping and jumping. (laughs) People are in there kicking it, um, waiting to hear what I got to say tonight. So thank you for coming on tonight. I really appreciate you guys. I am live on multiple platforms, both Twitter accounts, uh, three Facebook pages, my personal Facebook account. LinkedIn, and of course, YouTube. All right. So thank you for joining. We uh, I appreciate every single one of y'all for taking the time tonight to come onto this live podcast. It's going to be an interesting topic tonight. <clears throat> really interesting. <clears throat> going to be talking about uh, the God of the Bible. Okay. The God of the Bible. And it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm um, going to be talking about, could that be Satan? And I'm going to bring you some very compelling evidence directly from the Bible. Uh, And we're going to talk about some of the Sumerian tablets as well and who these potential people are that we're talking, that we're calling, that they are calling God, the creator of the universe and all things, all knowing, omniscient, omnipotent and all these things. Right. So it's going to be an interesting talk. Uh, See. Hey, what's up, Jackie Catlett in the in the chat? The chat's filling up. Boss Hogs in there. Jonathan Harvey. All right, it's going to be a great, great talk tonight. <clears throat> Giving everybody just a couple of minutes to get in here. Meanwhile, I'm going to start my shameless plug before we get going <laughs> because I learned early on 
get the shameless plugs out of the way in the very beginning. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen and we're going to get this PowerPoint presentation started. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting talk. Make sure you share this video. Please share this video with everyone um, that you know. If you can, start sharing it on Facebook uh, or wherever you can share it. Text it to people, whatever. We got to get people on this live. They need to be on here. They need to hear what I got to say tonight. Go get all the Christians, round up all the Christians. They need to learn something tonight. I'm going to take them to school. I'm going to take them to the Bible school they never went to. That's going to be right now. We're getting ready to crank this thing up. All right. So let me get this PowerPoint up here. And uh, make sure we got it all set up. Sounds working good, which is phenomenal. And so now I can go ahead and share my screen again. All right. Here we go. I see everybody filling up. Make sure you guys click the like button. Don't forget to click that like button, please. That's going to get the algorithm going properly. So we can get seen out here. All right. Very important to click that like button. So please click the like button. Uh, Very, very important. All right. So, of course, shameless plugs, my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. Some of the information I'm going to share with you tonight is also can can be also correlated in my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. It's available on Amazon. It's It's a bestseller in five countries right now. Okay, it's been translated into a lot of different uh, languages. It's also a bestseller in Japan. And that is a QR code right there. If you want to get the book, uh, you can go check that out. Woke doesn't mean broke. My other bestseller, it's a bestseller in four countries right now. Okay, financial literacy, 688 pages. If you want to find out more about this book and what's the contents of the contents of this book and what it can do to help you with your life and your financial literacy and help you build a legacy and help you understand how to combine spirituality with navigating the financial matrix, make sure you go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com or Amazon.com or use the QR code there as well. If you want to get free subscription to Forbidden Knowledge TV, get a free trial, make sure you scan this QR code or go to 4BK.TV. We have over 6,000 shows up there and counting. Brand new, high-quality, uh, mainstream media-type level production on Forbidden Knowledge TV and growing every single day. And of course, the brand new documentary comes out next week, Black Knight Satellite, Beyond the Signal, coming exclusively to Forbidden Knowledge TV. You don't want to miss that. We have our social media app, Unite the 99. If you want to get on this app and start sharing content without algorithms, without suppression, uh, without oppression, (laughs) and you want to be able to meet people, you can get this app. Uh, it's Unite the 99 on your app store, or you can scan this QR code. We're posting great content in there daily. And of course, a lot of people know you can invest in forbidden knowledge, but there's only 24 hours left. Okay. 24 hours. This was five days ago when I made this, when I screenshot this, but there's only, if you go to the site now, you see there's only 24 hours left for you to get shares of forbidden knowledge. And because we're rolling, as we made our press release, we're going to roll everything into a NASDAQ, which is first quarter of the year. Uh, so this this round two is ending. In 24 hours, 
Here you can see Yahoo Finance Forbidden Knowledge is going public. This is a great opportunity. You don't want to miss out. You have 24 hours to get shares for only $1.50. Uh, if you understand what that means, then you'll you'll do it. Okay. Great opportunity. If you want to become a shareholder, use this QR code or go to forbiddenknowledge.com. Click on invest and learn more. Uh, get the offering statement, download the prospectus, whatever you want to do. Research it, study it. But if you are smart, get some shares before it closes in 24 hours. If you want to attend all of my free workshops for the rest of the year, make sure you go to eventbrite.com and type my name in and go to all my free workshops and events. Okay. Totally free. Doesn't cost you any money. Uh, and uh, they're all available to watch on Forbidden Knowledge TV. I stream them live on my TV network. You can get that QR code right here and go to uh, register for all the free workshops and events. A lot of great ones coming up. And we just gave away the first giveaway in a while yesterday. We gave away a free Apple TV for people that text us. Text hashtag giveaway to 954-245-0086. That's hashtag giveaway to 954-245-0086. No purchase necessary. This month, we're giving away a iMac. Uh, I'm sorry, a MacBook Pro, not an iMac, a MacBook Pro this month at the end of the month. So just a random person will be selected and they'll get the MacBook Pro. We just ask that you allow us to get you on a live video, take a photo, tag us, allow us to put you put you up on our Forbidden Giveaways Instagram account. All right. We're going to get right into it, guys. So thank you for allowing me to spend that time with that. Now, let's talk a little bit about the uh, this these, this pantheon that came to Earth. There's a couple of really interesting gods, lowercase g, that came here. The first one is Anu. Now, he wasn't the first one here, but he was considered to be the fatherhead or the Lord God. He was over the main gods that came to this planet. His name was Anu, A-N-U. Hence, the name that was that humans gave them, the Anunnaki, okay, Anu. So they gave still credit to Anu as the fatherhead or the God figure. He mostly ruled from space or from the sky or from heaven, as the ancient texts say. And Anu had sons, okay? His sons were Enki and Enlil. Enki and Enlil. Now, these two play a huge part in history and in a lot of the information that, uh, that I'm talking about today. Now, these people, these three, are considered gods. They were deified by the peoples of Earth. They... Uh, masqueraded as gods, except for en uh, Enki, Ea Enki. He kind of had a certain level of empathy and sympathy for human beings. Uh, he even married a human being. He had to have sex with human beings. Um, he had a baby by a human being. You know, he, he uh, one of his uh, relationships resulted in a baby named Zazudra, who's actually Noah in the modern day Bible. And so the, the story is copied from the Epic of Gilgamesh. However, these people uh, were not gods. They were flesh and blood, blood people. They weren't multidimensional people. They weren't some from, from some other universe. These were people that walked around just like we do. They put on a pants, their pants one leg at a time, right? Uh, uh, you know, or their kilt, they pull it up over their hips, whatever. But they were knowledgeable. They had advanced technology. They had wisdom beyond what, what, we, what we had. 
they knew about genetics and, and how to modify genetics. They knew about chemistry. They knew about alchemy. They knew about quantum physics and quantum mechanics. They understood uh, planetary alignments. They understood navigation through stars as, as left behind by some of these Sumerian tablets that depict star maps and from one star to another. So this is information left behind that it's not coming from Billy Carson's brain. It's coming from what they left behind as records for us to learn from and to understand exactly what went on in the ancient past. Now, what's interesting is these two were at odds with each other. You have on the right hand side, you have uh, Enlil. Now, this guy is uh, was given control of Earth, even though his brother Enki was the Earth was named after him. His name is E-A, capital E, capital A, space, Enki. Uh, now, Ki uh, is the name for Earth in ancient times. And Ea was the beginning of his name. So it became over time Earth, E-A-R-T-H. E-A for the beginning honoring Enki and Ki turning into E-A-R-T-H. So it became Earth. But Earth is uh, really named after Enki just so you can know. If you go back into the tablets, you discover this. Now, he was supposed to be ruling over Earth, but there is no real true information as to why he wasn't given the true full power as his brother Enlil. Enlil ended up ruling and running the planet, superseding him, and he actually had to operate underneath, as far as the totem pole go of power, he was underneath Enlil, even though he wasn't supposed to be. There's no real understanding as to why we could never find it. Nobody's ever found it yet as to why that happened. But that's the way it happened. Now, Enki was a scientist, an astrophysicist, a geneticist. And Lil was more of a battle king ruler uh, and also an engineer and uh, architect. OK, and so uh, and Lil uh, created this place called Eden in Mesopotamia, E-D-I-N. And in this Eden, it was an outdoor laboratory with this huge gate and guards, armed guards surrounding it, as evidenced in the Apocrypha text. So if you read the book of Adam, you discover that there were armed guards at the gates to Eden. And those, those armed guards would prevent you from leaving or prevent you from coming in. Uh, OK, and it was uh, it wasn't like. Uh, hey, you can't come here. It was like, if you come over here, we're going to kill you. And you can read all of that in the, that's a whole nother podcast. Read the book of Adam in the, from the Apocrypha. It was left out of the Bible on purpose because uh, it's too brutal. Uh, Adam, Adam even tries to commit suicide a couple times. But anyway, because he's so distraught about as it, what he figured out what happened and who, who they really were. That's in the Apocrypha text. You can get the complete Apocrypha or you can get the PDF files online. I, I typically don't like downloading PDF files from the internet because you don't know what's been altered. I like to get the actual physical book in my hand. That's what I like to do. Okay. And so you have these two guys here. Eden's been, uh, Eden's been created. Uh, and you have uh, a lot of these beings coming through in and out that they've been working with creating. So they started with cloning the existing hominid on this planet. And using this cloning technique, which would create a worker, but then it would fail because the worker would die early, would die, die rapidly. Uh, and also the worker could not reproduce. Right. 
it's like trying to make a, you know, trying to, you know, once you made a made a, a donkey or a mule with a horse, the offspring can't have any babies. So whatever splicing technique they used to do this, the failure point was that they couldn't re- they couldn't reproduce. And it was a lot of work to keep creating more and more of these offspring the manual way. So they came up with an idea. Uh, their sister did, actually. Uh, she said, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the baby to term myself. So that was the solution. So what she did was she took one of the hominids uh, from the from the captured people that were in the Eden, right in the in the laboratory. She took an egg out of the woman and added the essence uh, to it, which means they probably genetically modified it or added some DNA or whatever they did. She made a zygote in modern terms, what we would call a zygote, inserted it into her womb during her menses, and then took the baby to full term. 10 months, according to the tablets, 10 months. And then Adam was born. The first genetically modified, what they called to perfection, uh, human being, Homo sapien. So Homo sapien, people were already here. Millions of people were on this planet long before Adam even arrived. So forget that Adam was first and Eve was first. And then they were, you know, they had, no, there were people here already. And I covered that in a previous video, but to add credence to that, after Cain killed Abel, he asked, he told God that, uh, which was really in Lil, that, you know, the people out there are going to kill me. What people are out there? And he told them, no, they won't kill you. I put a mark on you so they know you're my boy. And by the way, you when you get out there, you'll find your wife. So there are people already here. Many, many, many people. Adam was just one of the very first uh, genetically modified to what they considered perfection because he can listen. He can obey. He can uh, take command. Uh, he can handle the workload and as well as. He can reproduce. That was important to them. Okay. And so where we have the Garden of Eden situation is where Enlil comes back after some time. And uh, while he's gone, though, but before he comes back, while he's gone, I'm sorry, he goes away before he comes back. Uh, Adam and Eve. And how do we get Eve? Well, they figured out that Adam was mating with these other um, splices that they had created and it wasn't working. So they, they put him to sleep and they took some of his DNA out of his bone and they created Eve as a clone of him. And then they made it the two together and she was able to get pregnant. However, they were in the garden um, of Eden, which is an outdoor laboratory setting. They had timed mating sessions. It was like you were cattle. It was timed. It was okay. Now it's time for you to go mate. Okay. Go back into your, your area, things like that. And they started mating, mating uh, him and other people they had created like bucks, right? It's just like from the slavery times. Well, anyway, Adam and Eve are in the garden and they, they're talking to the serpent. Now, you have to remember in ancient times, the serpent represented wisdom, understanding, knowledge. It had nothing to do with evil. Anywhere you see a serpent depicted in ancient text, tablets, cylinder scrolls, papyruses, it's about wisdom and understanding. You see the two entwined snakes make the caduceus. That's for the medical industry, right? You still see those today. It had to do with knowledge and wisdom, understanding. Uh, and so the snake that came into the garden was actually Enlil's brother, Enki. He felt bad for the humans. And he wanted to, wanted to talk to Adam and Eve and let them know that they were nothing more than nothing less than them, that they had the same consciousness. They had the same uh, possibility of ascending to higher levels of consciousness and understanding that they weren't animals uh, and that uh, and that they themselves who ruled over them weren't even gods. Hold on one second, guys. 
Okay, I'm back. I have to do that one more time. That they themselves weren't even guards. Okay? Pretty interesting. And what that did was that caused a firestorm in their brain. They were like, wait a minute. We are like you. We're not animals. We are conscious, sentient beings that have the capability to think, feel, and create our own decisions and and have free will, just like you guys do. Yeah. Oh, man. That's when the awakening happened. And that's when they started looking for clothes and everything else. That was the serpent. The serpent had nothing to do with a snake crawling on his belly and all this other crazy foolishness. When Enlil comes back, he obviously doesn't know this happened, which is is interesting because I'm about to read some Bible quotes in a minute. He comes back and he he uh, he realizes that something's changed with these two. They done woke up like they really woke up. They got on clothes. You know, they understand that they're who they are now. Um, And so he gets pissed off. He gets pissed off at his brother because he realizes his brother spoke too much. Right. He violated their little the little rule. Right. You know, don't engage with them and give them the wisdom and knowledge of who they really are. Just masquerade as a god. So we can keep them under control. So what he does is he kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden. The reason why he kicks them out is because if he leaves them in the laboratory, their consciousness is going to infect the other people that they have in there that are prisoners for mating purposes and experimental purposes. They're going to affect the whole. They're going to destroy the whole experiment. We got to get them out of here. These people are they're dangerous to the experiment. We're trying to make a, a doggone working army of slaves here. And this guy's going to. He's going to send a conscious virus to every single one of these people, letting them know who they really are. And they're not going to want to work for us anymore. Plus, they outnumber us. So when they figure out that they have the power in in them to do whatever they want, we're done. So that's why he kicked them out of the garden. Right. And after he kicks them out, Adam tries to commit suicide a couple of times right there in the river. It's all in the apocrypha text. And so this is pretty incredible stuff that I'm telling you. And then you have their son of Enlil, uh, I'm sorry, the son of, one of the sons of Enki, Amun-Ra. Yeah, Amun-Ra, one of the sons of Enki, uh, who was ended up being very, very um, evil, okay? Like his uncle, Enlil. So you have Amun-Ra, you have Enlil, and you have Anu. These three people, those are three of the main characters that are being called God in the modern-day Bible. A lot of their quotes and things that they've said in the ancient Sumerian tablets made it directly into the canonized Bible text, leaving a fingerprint behind saying, hey, this is that's 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 them. That's not the creator of the universe. So we're going to go into this a little bit tonight. All right. I'm going to stop sharing my screen for a second because I want to read something to you real quick. We're going to come back to this PowerPoint in a minute. All right. Okay, is everybody here with me? Y'all, how y'all? Can you hear me good? Everything going good so far? Let me know in the chat if you guys are paying attention. Somebody say Christ is King. You're gonna find out. Do you understand what Christ is? Christ is you. We're all Christ. And until you understand that, you're going nowhere. We are all the Christ. Christ never said, Jesus never said he was coming back. He said the Christ would return. And by that, he meant the consciousness, the Christ consciousness, the understanding of wisdom and ascension knowledge comes back and returns in every single person's mind. And by that method, 
The return is us. We are the second coming. Until you understand that, you're going nowhere. All right, good. I'm glad you guys are getting uh you guys are getting all this this text, you're getting all the knowledge, you're getting the voice. That's great. Now, I'm going to read something from you for you guys real quick. Let me break open this uh this other window real quick. I'll read a couple of verses here. This is important stuff. Because I want to establish what Christians believe. They believe in these attributes of God. There's these God attributes, which I believe exist, but not for the people in the Bible, not for the people being referenced in the Bible. But I believe these attributes are real. Let me make it clear. I'm not an atheist. I believe in a creator because I think that the quantum physics and quantum mechanics proves we're living in a creation. Now, what I'm telling you, though, is these attributes have been given to the God of the Bible, which is actually God's plural. And I'm going to show it to you in a minute. However, let's look at some of these some of these attributes. OK, let me read for you a couple things here. <clears throat> God is infinite. This is an attribute. This is from Bible study dot com. Bible study dot com. This is what they're teaching in Bible study. And they're backing it up with biblical verses. Okay, I'm going to show you how the Bible contradicts itself. God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. Okay, Colossians 1 7. Well, I'm sorry, Colossians 1 17. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Okay, God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. God is immutable. He never changes. Remember this, what I'm telling you right now. God is God is immutable. He never changes. This is an important statement. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob's are not destroyed. Malachi three, six. I, the Lord, do not change. God is specifically saying he doesn't change. And he's calling himself a he and they're calling him a he. Anytime you attribute gender to a creator of a universe, there's a major problem. That should be the first red flag. When you call them the creator of a universe by a gender, that's really not too good, in my opinion. Third thing, God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. Hmm. Really? For as the father has life in himself, so he hath granted the son also have the life in himself. John 5, 26. God is self-sufficient. He has no needs. He needs nothing. This is also important. Remember this. Remember what I just said here. These are all attributes being taught every single week in Bible study. God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. Really? By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. Psalm 33, 6. He's he's omnipotent, all powerful, all powerful. Another very important thing to remember. These are all important things to remember what I'm telling you here. Make sure you you, you, you remember these because we're going to see some things that contradict every single one of these attributes. It doesn't make any sense to me. In the Bible, the same exact Bible where these verses came from. God is omniscient. He's all knowing. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and therefore is no other. I am God and there is none like me. He's all knowing and omniscient. He says, um, from all, from ancient times, what is still to come, I may. My purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Isaiah 46, 
uh, 9 through 10. Okay. God is omniscient, which means he knows everything. Okay. He knows everything. He didn't know that. He didn't know his brother was talking to Adam and Eve just a minute ago <laughs> in, the, in the book of Genesis. He didn't even know that till he arrived. But he, but he knows everything. God is omnipresent. He is also everywhere. Now, you see, that's true. The real, the real God, but not the one in the Bible. You know why God is everywhere? Because every atom in your body, is, it, it contains the spark of the creation. So every single person, every single atom and everything, which means a table, this microphone, my computer, this, the room I'm in, the house I'm in, the carpet I'm sitting on, everything here has atoms, which means it's all God. Everything is God. And that, and by that method, God is everywhere. But they're referencing it as this uh, omnipresent being called he with gender that seems to just be everywhere. Interesting. Psalms 139, 7 through 10 will tell you that statement. God is wise. He's full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. Remember this, unchanging. It never changes. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways. Romans eleven thirty three. Remember these now. Remember these attributes, guys. God is faithful. He is infinitely, unchangingly true. Know, therefore, that the Lord, your God, is God. He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Well, we're going to be looking into Deuteronomy real soon here. You get the idea? You, you understand where I'm going with this? I hope you guys remember these great attributes. These are phenomenal attributes. God is good. He's infinitely unchanging, kind, and full of goodwill. Okay. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Now, we got some attributes that I've just given you. These are pretty good attributes. I got to admit, these attributes will make me jump up and around, jump up and want to scream for joy. Right? Until we start getting into this Bible and start reading it. <laughs> and then everything falls apart. Until we get into this thing and start reading it and it all crumbles. Is there good stuff in the Bible that you can use in your life? Yes. I do not deny that. There's good stuff you can use in, and from, 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 from a lot of places. But you have to understand what you're, when you're going and, 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 and relying on your eternity based off of this information that you don't even understand or know about, that's a big question mark. So we're going to dig in a little bit to the Gnostics. And what they believe and what they had to say. Pretty interesting stuff here. Let me go back into my screen. We're going to go back in one more time. So this is Amon Ra, one of the biggest culprits that's been quoted. His quotes have made it into the Bible so many times. We're going to go over him, some of his stuff. This guy here was pure evil, pure, unadulterated evil. Every time you say amen, you're giving thanks to this guy. This is the guy that ordered amen to be a statement. Of course, it used to be Amun, but over time it became amen. But he said, when you give thanks for anything, you, you say my name at the end. You're giving thanks to this guy, the most brutal ruler of all time. And then you call it on the name of Jesus, which has no power whatsoever. Jesus means hail, hail Zeus. Okay, that's what it actually means. The guy's name is really Yeshua. 
which translates into jo uh, Joseph, is not even close to this Asus because the J was recently added within the last hundred years. The J was just added to the name. It was Asus, and that uh, Isus, and that means Hail Zeus. Has nothing to do with calling on the creator of the universe. That's why when people call on the name of Jesus, nothing happens. Now, Gnosticism. Interesting. Gnosticism is the belief that human beings contain a piece of God, the highest good or a divine spark within themselves, which has fallen from the immaterial world into the bodies of humans. All physical matter is subject to decay, rotting, and death. So Gnosticism believes, what I believe, is that every single thing that exists in, the, in this universe has the creative spark of God itself in it. And by that means, we are all God walking in the flesh, period. That's what it means, okay? And now what's interesting about that is you look at this book, you get these ancient scriptures, the Nakamadi, okay? The Nakamadi scripts. Now, this is some incredible text. I have the revised and updated translation of sacred Gnostic texts. It includes all the codices in it. All the codices are here. The Nakamadi scriptures. Pretty interesting. The Nakamadi codices, the Nakamadi library, is a collection of 13 ancient books. This is actually 13 books in one right here. 13 ancient books called the Codices, containing over 50 texts, was discovered in Upper Egypt in 1945. This immensely important discovery includes a large number of primary Gnostic Gospels, texts once thought to have been entirely destroyed during the early Christian struggle to define Orthodoxy, they tried to wipe this out, guys. <laughs> they didn't want you to get your hands on this information. But guess what? The light always wins. Scripture just says the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, and the Gospel of Truth. The discovery and translation of the Nakamadi Library, initially completed in the 1970s, has provided impetus to a major reevaluation of early Christian history and the nature of Gnosticism. This is powerful stuff right here because it goes deep. And when you analyze the Gnostics and what they came to believe, they come to understand that based on the ancient teachings, that we are all God walking in the flesh, that there's only one consciousness that exists. There's only one. And that consciousness has literally divided itself into trillions and trillions of entities throughout the entire universe. And we're just a small part of that. And that we are literally picking up a frequency from this one source, and we are God walking in the flesh to, to experience what is it like to be Billy Carson? What is it like to be Mary Jane? What is it like to be John Doe? What is it like to be a blade of grass? What is it like to be a rock? What is it like to be the atoms in a microphone? Because every atom is conscious. We know this now because of quantum physics and quantum mechanics. We know that the double slit experiment proves that everything exists as a wave and then it's collapsed into a solid structure based on conscious observation. And that the electrons orbiting those atoms make a decision to collapse into a solid structure from a wave based off of that. So they make a decision. That's consciousness. All electrons are conscious. And the Gnosticism, the Gnostics, they knew this thousands of years ago. They also had a understanding of a lot of the 
sources where a lot of the biblical texts came from. And they knew that a lot of it was copied from ancient, further deeper ancient texts and was cultivated and put together in a way to dominate and control man, to control the masses, control mankind. Because of their belief of spirituality over religion, they used to be hunted down and killed. So they have to hide in caves to even study and practice this incredible ascension wisdom and ascension knowledge. Let's take a look at why they believe this was this uh, this uh, religious uh, version was wrong. Let's take a look at this. This is something you're not going to get in, in uh, your Bible study. They're just not going to teach you this. They're just not, <laughs> they're just not going to give this to you. Because they know when you get home, you ain't going to look it up because you know why? You're lazy. You're lazy. You're going to go to the church. You're going to sing a couple of hymns. You're going to jump around, yada, 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 put the money in the plate, go home and lay down and watch the world burn. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to contribute anything to making this planet better. You're going to focus on making money and you're going to focus on going to work. <clears throat> and, and, and that's it. That's your two things, paying bills and going to work. That's nothing else for you to do. I went, I paid my dues. I went to the church. I dropped my money in the plate. I jumped up and down. I got sweaty and now I'm good to go. I, I beg for my forgiveness and now I'm good to go. Murder and rape and pillaging. This is in the Bible. Judges 21, 10 through 24. So they sent this. Now keep in mind, remember those attributes I read in the beginning, all those great attributes of God. Remember those now as, as I read this. Because God is now giving commands to people. And I'm going to go into some New Testament stuff as well. So they sent 12,000 warriors to Jabesh, Gilead, with orders to kill everyone there, including women and children. This is what you are to do, they said. Completely destroy all the males and every woman who is not a virgin. How are they going to know that? Among the residents of Jabesh, Gilead, they found 400 young virgins who had never slept with a man. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. The Israelite assembly sent a peace delegation to the little remnant of Benjamin who were there living at the rock of Remnant. Then the men of Benjamin returned to their homes and their 400 women of Jabesh Gilead who were spared were given to them as wives. So they took these women, they abducted them, found out they were virgins. Okay, now you're going to marry, you're going to be the wives of these dudes over here who you don't even know. But there were not enough women for all of them. The people felt sorry for Benjamin because the Lord had left his gap in the tribes of Israel. So the Israelite leaders asked, how can we find wives for a few who remain since all the women of the tribe of Benjamin are dead? Yeah, because he killed them. There must be ears for the survivors so that an entire tribe of Israel will not be lost forever. But we cannot give them uh, our own daughters in marriage because we have sworn with Solomon an oath, a sworn to solemn oath, that anyone who does this will fall under God's curse. Then they thought of the annual festival of the Lord held in Shiloh between Lebanon and Bethel along, along the east side of the road that goes down from Bethel to Shechem. They told the men of Benjamin who still needed wives, go and hide in the vineyards, go and hide in the vineyards. When the women of Shiloh come out for, uh, out for their dances, rush out to the vineyards and each of you take one and take them to and be your wife. That's, Stalking and abduction. And then their fathers and brothers come to us in protest. When they when their fathers and brothers come to us in protest, we will tell them, please be understanding. 
Let them have your daughters, for we didn't find enough wives for them when we went and destroyed Jabesh Gilead. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Here's more murder and rape and pillage of the Midianites. They attacked the Midian just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord commanded Moses. They killed all the men, all five of the Midite kings, Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, died in the battle. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. Then the Israelite army captured the Midianite women and children and seized their cattle and flocks and all their wealth as plunder. They burned all the towns and villages where the Midianites had lived after they had gathered the plunder and captives, both people and animals. They brought them all to Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and the whole community of Israel, which was camped on the plains of Moab beside Jordan River across from Jericho. Moses, Eleazar, the priest, and all the leaders of the people who went to meet them outside the camp. But Moses was furious with all the military commanders who had returned from the battle. Why have you let all the women live? He demanded. Why have you let all the women live? This is the guy who got you, gave you the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not kill. Thou shall not kill, right? They are very one. They are the very ones who followed Balaam's advice and caused the people of Israel to rebel against the Lord at Mount Peor. In other words, they didn't want to believe on the foolishness that they were given. They are the ones who caused the plague to strike the Lord's people. Oh, really? Okay. Sounds like uh, the sickness that we just had. Now kill all the boys, all the women who have slept with a man. Only the young girls who are virgins may live. You may keep them for yourselves. Oh, you can kill everybody. But if you find any virgins, make sure you keep them because they good. Clearly, Moses had God's approval of rape of virgins. This is in your Bible. How come you're not reading this on Bible study day? More rape in Deuteronomy. More murder and rape and pillage in Deuteronomy 20, 10 through 14. As you approach a town to attack, this is God telling these people, first offer its people terms for peace. Why are you even coming to attack? Good. These people are going to attack people who they don't even know. Now, let me explain why they're attacking, by the way. When God is ordering these wars to happen, these are things to these people to attack these other, vi other villages, you got to understand it's God's plural. When you go to the original translation of the word God in the Bible, you find out that it's God's with an S, not singular. It's plural. And the God's is Anki and Lil and Nu uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Amun-Ra, also known as Marduk in the, in the Jewish Torah. Okay? And also in the Sumerian tab, it says Marduk. Interesting. These people are fighting against each other and the other relatives that have been given land and, and rulership over people in different areas. And in some areas where there was no ruler, they were just going over and taking over the people's land. And div divvying up the land between themselves. And the order was to go through murder and killing. And so when they tell, when Enlil would tell, also known as Yahweh in the Bible, would tell these people to go do this. They're thinking God is telling them to go kill people. But this ain't the creator of the universe. This is a guy that puts on his pants one leg at a time and takes a piss the same way I do. As you approach the town to attack, it first offers people terms for peace. If they accept your term and open the gates, then all the people inside will serve you in forced labor. In other words, oh, they, oh we're going to knock on your door, by the way. But, oh, I'm here under the order of God. And he told me to come here 
and let you guys know if you don't want to be our slaves, we're going to have to kill you, even you, you even though you don't even know who the hell we are, and we don't know don't don't know who the hell you are, but we're going to have to kill you anyway. I know we don't know each other, but if you don't become my slave, I'm gonna have to kill you. So save the Lord. But if the terms, okay, so here you go. But if they refuse to make peace and, and prepare to fight, you must attack the town. When the Lord your God hands it over to you, kill every man in the town. But you may keep for yourselves all the women, the children, the livestock, and all the plunder. You may enjoy the spoils of your enemies that the Lord God has given you. Does that sound like the attributes I read in the beginning of this video? Now, remember, God is unchanging according to these Bible studies and according to the verses that I read. So God is the same all the time. <laughs> He's good all the time. It's the same God now that today that was that was in this time. There's no difference. There's no change. Look at the state of the planet right now. Look at all the wars going on right now. Do you think this is from the creator of the universe or from a him, he gender based mind energy? Yeah, I think you get the point. Laws of rape, Deuteronomy 22, 28 through 29. If a man is caught in the act of raping a young woman who is not engaged, he must pay 50 pieces of silver for her to her father. Then he must marry the young woman. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, God. You mean if I if I rape a woman? And I could pay a couple shekels, then I can go ahead and have her as my wife if I decide to. Oh man, thank you. You you know I appreciate that. Ain't he good all the time? He's so good. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? If a man is caught in the act of raping a young woman who is not engaged, he must pay fifty pieces of silver to her father. Then he must marry the young woman because he has violated her. Oh, you got to marry her now. You want know, me abducted and everything, and he will never be allowed to divorce her. Oh man, you got to keep her forever. But you can. You can still cheat on her, though. Don't worry about that. We got you with your concubines and all that, you know. What kind of lunatic would make a rape victim marry the attacker? Hmm? But you remember the attributes that I that I read to you when we started this video. All of a sudden, these attributes just they are not in alignment. We're talking about people here. We're not talking about gods or the God. Sex slaves. Exodus 21, 7 through 11. When a man sells his daughter as a slave. Let me read that again. When a man sells his daughter as a slave. This is in your Bible that you never read about. You know why? Because you're lazy. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of six years as the men are. You can sell your son as a slave, too, but in six years he can be freed. You need a couple dollars. Hey, have some kids. They worth a lot of money. If she does not please the man who bought her, he may allow her to be bought back again. But he is not allowed to sell her to foreigners. Don't sell her to foreigners now. You don't, don't be selling to foreigners. Don't do that. Okay? Since he is the only one who broke the contract with her. And if the slave girl's owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave girl, but he must treat her as his daughter. If he himself marries her, oh, you can marry the, you can marry the slave too. If he himself marries her and then takes another wife, well, they got a poly going on over here. He may not reduce her food or clothing or fail to sleep with her as his wife. If he fails in any of these ways, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. Oh, so nice of you. 
Oh, Lord, so nice. God assists in rape and plunder. Zechariah 14, 1, through tw- 1, 1 and 2. Lo, a day shall come for the Lord when the spoil shall be divided in your midst, and I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem for battle. Really, why would you do that? Because they don't want to believe in your foolishness? The city shall be taken, houses plundered, women ravished. That's the green light for rape. So God is saying the women are going to be ravished. We're going to, I'm going to allow you. I approve the rape of these women. Guys, when we go in for this mission, I want you to rape these women. But you remember the attributes that I read in the beginning. Do you remember those attributes I read to you? Yeah, yeah. He won't he do it. He's doing it all right. Seems like he liked, he like a lot of rape. Half the city shall go into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be removed from the city. Slavery in the Bible. I got a big problem with this. Slavery is approved by everybody, even Jesus. The following passage shows that slaves are clearly property to be bought and sold like livestock. However, you may purchase a male or female slave from among the foreigners who live among you. You may also purchase the children of such resident foreigners, including those who have been born in your land. You may treat them as your property, passing them on to your children. Oh, we're working on legacy now. <laughs> they, they, they building legacy back in the day. I see what they're up to. They're trying to build a legacy. Oh, you pass it on to your children as a permanent inheritance. Oh, how nice of you. You may treat your slaves like this, but the people of Israel, your relatives, must never be treated this way. Oh, now you see what's going on with the people in Israel killing the people that are on the Gaza Strip. The Palestinians, you see what's happening? They believe in this this book, what I'm reading you right now, word for word. They believe in this information I'm reading you today, word for word, still to this very day. And they're out there with sniper guns, popping kids as they play soccer in the park. The Palestinian kids that they play soccer, they're going and robbing them and stealing their homes and taking their homes away. Right now, while we're, I'm sitting here reading to you, these people are living in turmoil by the big Christian land, the Christians. The greatest Christians on earth over there in Israel, right? That we got to give $200 million a day to and all this other foolishness. Well, these people believe in this stuff word for word. The following passage describes how Hebrew slaves are to be treated. If you buy a Hebrew slave, that's a black man. He's a serf for only six years. Set him free in the seventh year and he will owe you nothing for his freedom. But if he is a single, if he is single when he became your slave, and then married afterward, only he will go free in the seventh year. <clears throat> oh, oh, sorry if you, your wife, she got to stay. We need to keep her a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? We need to keep her. She got some work to do around here. <clears throat> Interesting. But if he was married before he became a slave, then his wife will be freed with him. If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave and he had sons or daughters, then the man will be free in the seventh year. But his wife and children will still belong to the master. You can't go nowhere. You free. But guess what? We're going to hold on to these this family just a little bit longer. But the slave may plainly declare, I love my master, my wife and my children. I would rather not go free. Of course he wouldn't. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door and publicly pierce his ear with an owl. After that, the slave will belong to his master forever. You see where slavery came from? In America, you see how they and all over the Europe in Europe and all through the Caribbean, they believed this word for word. They took these verses and said, oh, we're allowed to have these slaves. This is normal. This is natural. They're not even human beings. 
we can do with them as we as we please. We can rape them. Why do you think these slave masters used to raise the rape the women all the damn time? They were going from this book right here. This book gave them the green light to do all this foolishness. And your omniscient and your omnipotent God that you claim did nothing about it. Not one stinking thing. Jesus approved slaves. You would think that Jesus and the New Testament would have a different view of slavery because it's supposed to be a new day. It's a new dawn, a new day. But slavery is still approved in the New Testament. That's the following passages will show. Slaves. Slaves. Obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Ephesians 6, 5. Won't he do it? Christians who are slaves should give their masters full respect so that the name of God in this teaching will be will not be shamed. If your master is a Christian, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. You should work all the harder because you are helping another believer by your efforts. Teach these truths, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Timothy 6, 1 and 2. Yeah, that's your New Testament because people go, oh, well, in the New Testament, everything changed. No, it didn't. It's the same old crap, different day. Where do you think slavery came from? Worldwide slavery of people, enslaving other people, human beings enslaving other human beings. It came from this text right here. The green light was given through this text. This is what you ain't learning in Bible study. The servant will be served severely punished for though he knew his duty, he refused to do it. But people who are not aware that they are doing wrong will be punished only lightly. Much is required from those whom much is given. You always use that. You always hear that term, but you don't hear the rest of it. And much is more required from those to whom is, is more is given. Luke 12, 47. Murder has been approved. Here's the murder approved. Capital punishment. Capital punishment. Kill you go. Kill people who don't listen to priests. Don't no, don't talk to them and try to convince them. Don't work things out. If you think the guy, if you have the slightest thought that this guy might not want to get in line with us, just kill him. Anyone arrogant enough to reject the verdict of the judge or of the priest who represents the Lord your God must be put to death. Such evil must be purged from Israel. More Deuteronomy. Kill witches. How do you know they're a witch? Just guess. You should not let a sorceress live. Anybody who probably just doesn't believe in their foolishness has got to be a witch. Get rid of them. Kill homosexuals. If a man lies with a male as a woman, both of them shall be put to death for their abominable deed. They have forfeited their lives. All right. Doesn't sound like any of the stuff that I talked about in the beginning with all these great, phenomenal, beautiful attributes of the creator of the universe. It doesn't match. That's why I'm telling you there is a creator of the universe, but the people in the Bible, and I do mean people, that ain't them. It ain't it. Kill non-believers. They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and soul, and everyone who will not seek the Lord of, of the God of Israel was put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman, killing women, killing children, killing whoever. You don't fall in line, you're dead. Chronicles 15, 12. 
kill false prophets. If a man prophesies, his parents, father and mother shall say to him, you shall not live. Or your mother got to tell you, you about to die. Because you have spoken a lie in the name of the Lord. When he prophesies, his parents, father and mother shall trust shall thrust him through. Hmm. Your own parents got to take you out. <laughs> or they're going to get killed too, right? And burn in the lake of fire and all this other crazy foolishness. Kill the entire town if one person worship another god. This doesn't match with the attributes that I've been telling you about. I'm telling you, this is not the Lord God. This is the devil himself. This is the, de the evil energy that's flowing through this book, which is why it's been used to commit so much egregious crimes. Look at all the wars on this planet. Look at all the slavery on this planet. Look at all the politic on this planet, which is a religion. It's all coming out of this book. They all call in this Bible as their saving grace as to why they're doing what they're doing. Suppose you're here in one of the towns that the Lord your God is giving you that some worthless rabble among you have led, led their fellow citizens astray by encouraging them to worship a foreign God. In such cases, you must examine the facts carefully. If you find it's true and can prove that such a detestable act has occurred among you, you must attack that town and completely destroy all of its inhabitants, as well as all of the livestock. Kill the animals, too. Damn it. Then you must pile all the plunder in the middle of the street and burn it. Put the entire town to the torch. Kill everybody. Just burn everybody down. Just kill it all and give it as a burnt offering to the Lord your God. You see the foolishness here, guys? That's Deuteronomy 13, 13 through 19. More rape and baby killing. Anyone who's captured will be run through with a sword. Their little children will be dashed to death right before their eyes. I thought the attributes was like love and kindness and faithful. This is never changing God. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm starting to believe the never changing as I look at all these people getting killed all around the world right now. Their homes will be sacked and their wives will be raped by the attacking hordes. For I will stir up the Medes against Babylon and no amount of silver or gold will buy them off. The attacking armies will shoot down the young people with arrows. They will have no mercy on helpless babies and will show no compassion for the children. Isaiah 13, 15 through 18. So what we've come to here, I'm going to stop sharing this and I'm going to come back to this. What we've come to here is an understanding that you guys have been misled in a very severe way, in a way that has poisoned the minds of billions of people on this planet. There's 8.5 billion people on Earth and 85% of these people are religious. Thank you for all the donations, by the way. <clears throat> and these people are taking this information well, they're not taking this information because they don't study it because you ain't taught it. That's why when you used to go to a church when you were in slavery times, the slave master would sit there and tell you exactly what verses you can read and what verses you can't read. And he would sit there with his gun or his whip waiting for you to mess up, only give them these certain verses. And those same exact teachings have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Why? Because they don't want you to hear what I just read to you. The, that is not those what I read were not attributes of the creator of the universe that I believe in at all. Not even close, not even close. What I read to you were Anunnaki Atlantean people fighting each other, using human beings as cattle. 
hey man, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of them over there. They're taking it. They're, they're impringing on on my land now. I want y'all to go over there and kill them people. No, I, I know you want to. Don't worry about what they did. They did. They sinned against me. I want y'all to go kill them people. And when you get done killing them, if you find any virgins, you can make sure you take the virgins with you because we got to make more babies. I need more slaves over here, man. We run low on slaves. You see what's happening? That's not the creator of the universe. That is a human being called an Atlantean Anunnaki, a homo sapien, I should say, not a human being, but a homo sapien, masquerading as a god, telling you people what to do and run and go do this. And you run and go do that. Thus say it, I and you people run out and go do this foolishness. And you're still doing the same garbage still to this very day. Running around, committing egregious acts against people based off of what's in this book that you know nothing about. Nothing about. Let me tell you what the Nag Hammadi said. Let me tell you what they said. And it's the same hypothesis I came to. And I'm going to tell you in a story that actually happened to me in real time, in real life. I was sitting at the beach and this guy walked up to me. And I knew right away when he walked up with a bottle of water to hand it, like pointed it towards me, he was going to be ready to preach to me. That's the technique they use at this beach I go to. Some, sometimes you're just sitting there, somebody walks up and they come up to you and they try to hand you some water. He must have thought I was one of these homeless people out there or something, just, you know, sitting on the beach. Because I, I was fully dressed. I wasn't like in beach clothes. I even, sit, I even had my sneakers on because I was going for a walk. I just decided to take a quick break and sit on the edge of the water for a few minutes, just enjoy the beauty. And then go back and finish my walk. So I'm sitting there in regular clothes. And I said, oh, boy, here we go. I'm going to let him go ahead and talk. He started trying to preach to me. Do you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and all this other stuff? Yada, yada, yada. And I said, no. He goes, why not? Do you know the power of the Lord? I said, listen, the reason why is because I am God. The guy jumped back. Whoa. I said, yeah, I'm God. And you're, and you're God, too. We're all God. Every single one of us is God walking in the flesh, trying to learn what it is to experience life in the third dimension. So the guy tries to go back in. He tries to start telling me more stuff. So I started asking him stuff about the Bible. I said, uh, make a long story short about this. I said, you know what? Tell me all about this Satan uh, entity that's in the Bible, this devil, the Satan, the devil. Tell me all about him. OK, he says, well, he's uh, he's, you know, he's, he's evil. He's he was a second hand to God at one point. He was he's he's you know, there's nobody smarter than him other than God. He was a right hand and he. And he, uh, he's not even an angel. He's a cherubim. And uh, and everywhere he went, music followed him. He was a genius and and blah, 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 blah. And he's got all these powers and so forth and so on. I said, oh, interesting. That's interesting. Pretty smart guy, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, wow. That's why you need salvation. You have to. Oh, OK, I get, I get it. OK, so you're saying that this entity has a high IQ then. Really, really high. Higher than any human. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. This is this guy is a, is a genius. Oh, Oh, really? Okay. Genius. Um, well, answer me this then. So in the Bible that you got in your hand, what happens to this being? Oh, he's he commits these acts that are all prophesied in this book. And at the end, he's cast into a lake of fire for all eternity. I said, really? Okay. This is interesting stuff you're telling me. And I said, so this being with this super high intelligence that's almost on the same level of God. It has all this power and everything else. And it can can go around the planet and be in everybody's mind at all at once and has all these amazing powers and can do all this amazing stuff. He's going to follow the prophecies written by human flesh and blood, human beings in a, on a piece of paper to his own demise. Oh yes. Yes, it is. Yes. 
Mm, I'm sorry, man. I don't, don't believe that. What more than likely is happening is that entity that you're running from is the one that orchestrated the way this text and this book is put together so that he can so that you can run to your own demise. In the end, what's happening is you're following and worshiping the same entity and demon that you're running from. The guy's eyes got wide. Oh, snap. I don't know. This guy this guy's scaring me. Got to walk away. That's what the Gnostics talk about in the Nakamati. They believe the same exact thing. Matter of fact, they're spot on. What Christians are doing is they're unwittingly being fooled and tricked into literally saying and praying to the same entities that have nothing to do with salvation. Zeus, Amun-Ra, Enlil, Anu, Enki, Marduk. These are all the beings that they're calling on their names. Great Yahweh Jehovah. You're calling on two different gods at once then. In the name of Jesus, you're calling on Zeus. It's pure ignorance that has led you to your own demise. And then you have the situation where you'll see one person. Oh, I just got approved for my mortgage. I just got a brand new house. Won't he do it? God is good all the time. And then right around the corner, there's a kid sleeping on the street. But he's not worthy to have a house, right? Because God is only good to you. Do you see the logic in that? Do you see the ignorance in that? If you're in America, you hit the genetic lottery. You're sitting in a, in a, I'm sitting in a house in America where I can literally find many ways to earn myself a living, many ways to have a decent lifestyle. Even if I'm in a small apartment with a, with a tiny, with a, with no car and just taking a bicycle to work, I can still have a decent life. I've been around this planet. I've been to third world countries. The majority of the countries I go to are overlaid, heavy, heavy, uh, super, super duper Christians. I'm talking about, they live in it day and night, night and day. They breathing it, eating it, sleeping it 24 hours a day. And they're living in mud and dirt. And they have a horrible life. They don't even live that long. They die young. And then you have the people over here. Won't he do it? I just got me a brand new car. That's because the power of God is on me. Really? Really, the power of God's on you. God says, God stopped creating another planet and said, you know what? Let me, hey, this. Sally May over there, she need a new car. Let me stop what I'm doing right here and go get this car for, for Sally May. But but this kid over here that's been suffering his whole life over here in Abydos uh, in Egypt, I'm just going to leave him alone. He, I saw this kid wandering through the streets of Abydos, three or four year old kid screaming and crying, walking through the streets for hours. Nobody even looked at him. Nobody even looked at him. He probably just came from a collapsed building because those buildings collapse every minute. His mothers probably just died. But he's he's not blessed because he didn't follow the the right God. He didn't say the right prayer. But you just magically knew the right one. Right. Somebody gets into a car accident. They live. It was God. God saved him. They die. It was his time to go. Lord called him home. Foolishness. That's just fabricated foolishness, guys, is what you're doing. You're just fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself into believing fairy tales. You have no understanding of what this information contained in this Bible really is all about, who wrote it and when it was written. The Bible wasn't written in real time. The people in the Bible were, didn't write the Bible. The disciples were illiterate men. If you went to seminary, you would know that. I've studied all the seminary texts. They were illiterate. They couldn't even read or write. So who wrote the text? Who wrote Timothy? Who wrote 
Who wrote all these books? Who wrote uh, John? Who wrote all these books? Who wrote them? Guess what, guys? They were written long after they were dead. Thousands of years, 2,000 years after they died. The first book was discovered. Well, the first text was discovered in caves around 100 AD. It wasn't even a book, just some text and some jars. And then some more jars were found in some more caves and some more caves and some more caves and some more stuff was dug up over time. Between 100 AD to 900 AD, all this text was laying around and started being pieced together. 100 AD to 900, that's modern times. And what was on the text? They had handwritten copies from ancient Sumerian tablets, from the Mahabharata, from the Bhagavad Gita, from the Epic of Gilgamesh, from the Tibetan Book of the Dead, from the Egyptian Book of the Dead, from all these other texts that already had been there, from the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. That's where all this information comes from. And plus something from, of course, their own input, because if I put 50 people in a circle and I sit here and we're all sitting in a circle, perfect circle. And I whisper into one person's ear one sentence, five or six words. And it's supposed to, they're supposed to then turn and whisper and whisper and whisper and whisper till it gets back to my opposite ear. Guess what? It ain't going to be the same sentence I said. The sentence is going to change. I guarantee you it won't be the same exact sentence. That's the nature of humanity. Everything is corrupted once a man touch it. Everything is corrupted once a man touch it. So you're telling me that this Satan, the devil, this master wizard of all time, who can whisper in the ears of billions of people simultaneously and make them do evil things, is literally going to follow everything written in this book, written by a man, written by men, to his own demise. By the way, he has a gender, too, because he's always called a he. He also has a gender. It's also another another male energy to his own demise. And uh, that's going to be, I'm just going to follow the rule of this book, guys. I'm just here to follow the rule of this book and be as evil as I can until I'm at, until it's over. No life preservation for me. I don't want to preserve myself at all, guys. I'm just going to follow what you men wrote in this book. I'm going to listen to this. Come on, man. Use some logic. Did you read the attributes that I, did you listen to the attributes I gave you in the beginning of this whole thing? Omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing, never-changing. So what changed between that teaching and those Bible verses and what I just read you? It's the same person. It's the same entity. What you're doing, guys, is you're following the evil energy the whole way through, convincing yourself that you're following positive energy when you're not. You're following ultimate evil. Get the Nakamani scripts and do yourself a favor. Start studying. Get your Bible out and start studying. Start reading and researching the information in the Bible, but not just reading from the Bible. Break it down into ancient texts and find out where the sources of the material came from and then study and read that. If you're based entirely off of one book and you don't even understand what's in the book, then what are you really doing? You're just wasting time. And then you're passing that garbage on to your kids and they're passing it on to their kids and everybody's ignorant because they have no idea what they're doing. They think, oh, I'm just going to do it as a safe thing just in case I want to go to heaven or I don't want to go to hell. Just in case it's real. Just in case. There is no love in torture and threat and fear. So if you are a Christian and you are worrying about going to hell and you're trying to be good not to go to hell, what you have is not love. What you have is fear. And the reason why you're participating is because you want to save your own ass. <laughs> That's what you do. You want to save the skin of your ass. That's what you, you want to admit it. That's what it's all about. 
What if this fire is really real? What if this lake of fire really exists? I better do this garbage because if I don't, I might just burn anyway. That's what it comes down to. And if you operating from that, there's no love in that. It's only fear. Only fear, period. Fear allows you to be controlled. What the Bible, majority of the Bible is, and some good parts in there, but the majority of it is just like watching CNN or Fox News. Nothing but fear 24-7 to bend you down and mold you over and get you in that low-frequency mindset so that nothing works out in your favor, period. And if you don't believe it, I want you to get together 10,000. Get together me, a million Christians in one place and have them start praying. And let me see if the world will change the next day. It's going to be the same planet we on. The same people are going to run out and start shooting their guns and killing people. Ain't nothing going to change. You know why? Because they're praying to deaf ears. They don't know how to pray. Prayer works, but not the way that you're praying. If I take you and connect a cap to your head with electrodes on it and connect that cap to a computer to read your, your way, your brain waves, an EEG. I can read an EEG on your brain and see how your waves are functioning. I can tell you if you're in a low frequency state or a high frequency state based off of your brain waves. If I if you're in a if you're in a um an emotion of fear, doubt, anguish, begging, which is praying, the typical person begs when they pray, that's low frequency. Now, if I take you with that same exact technology and connect it to a computer and to read your, read your brain waves, and I have you in a position of upright power, understanding, commanding, unconditional love, happiness. Now it's going to be high frequency waves going to the computer. The, the universe reads waves, low frequency and high frequency. It knows low and high. And guess what? It's going to give you back whatever you give it. You're running around here begging and pleading and hoping and wishing and, and scrapping around. You're going to get the same kind of garbage back in your life until you stand up and draw a line in the sand and command your existence, command your potential, command who you are, command your outcomes to happen. You're going to be suffering. The reason why I command my realities is because I know the power is inside of me. So I command myself. I don't get on an airplane and pray to arrive at my destination safely. I command I arrive at my destination safely. I command it. Why? Because the same power of the creator is inside of my body. I don't, please help me make sure I get there right on time and I arrive safely. No, that's a slave's mentality. I'm not a slave. I got the power of the creator flowing through every atom in my body so that I have a fractal of that power in me. I'm going to command things into me with confidence. My prayer is I command it. That's it. I'm done. That's the whole prayer. That's the whole prayer. There's nothing else for me to say. There's nothing else to say. Command it. Walk in your true power. Stop giving your power away to these entities that hoodwinked humanity and fooled you and gave you a book they send you down to your own demise. You're praying to Enki and Lil Anu, uh, Amun-Ra, Marduk, Isis. What do you think Genesis is? Isis was the one who gave birth to Adam in the cuneiform tablets, in the incredible uh, cylinder scroll that exists at the British Museum, which I'm going to see in a few weeks. Right? It's the generations of Isis. That's Genesis, Genesis. The generations of ISIS. That's why I was given that name. You got to study all this stuff. You got to become smarter because why? It's leading humanity down the path of destruction continuously. 
More people have died off of religious beliefs than any other reason on the planet. If it's supposed to be all knowing and all loving and all peaceful and all this and that, why the rape, the pillaging, the killing, the murder? Still going on today in the name of God. Still going on today in the name of God. You guys got to understand, you got to get knowledge. You got to be willing to read non-commodity scripts. You got to be willing to read the complete apocrypha, the lost books of the Bible that were kept out. Did you guys know that there's a book in the Bible of the Bible that's at Harvard Seminary called The Gospel of Jesus's Wife? Oh, yeah. Did you know that in the Sinai Bible, which predates the King James Bible, Jesus was never even crucified, guys. He lived on, got married, <laughs> never got crucified. That was fabricated by the Roman Catholic Church. Just like hell was added to the Bible in the 1600s. The, uh, the rapture was added to the Bible by William James Darby in 1835. I'm going to read, lead you with a couple things tonight, just, just uh, a couple things for you to understand where you are spiritually and what has locked you down mentally into this religious system that has completely dogmatically destroyed an entire civilization of people on this planet. Christianity was spread around the planet by hate, by murder, by killing and by rape. It wasn't spread by love. That's how they did it. They went to all these indigenous tribes. And then they said, okay, you guys are going to follow this or I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your, your, your chief out here, your, your bushman. I'm going I'm to torture him in front of the whole crew, in front of the whole family. And if you guys don't want to be like this, then you better fall in line, learn my language, and pray to my God. And that's what happened. I'm going to read you some top 10 signs that you're a fundamentalist Christian and that you've been hoodwinked and that you've really fallen into the deception. You vigorously deny existence of thousands of gods claimed by other religions, but feel outraged when someone denies the existence of yours. You feel insulted, dehumanized when scientists say that people evolved from other life forms, but you have no problem with the biblical claim that we're, we were created to, uh, from dirt. And when I tell people that the Anunnaki genetically modified the existing hominid on this planet and they're Christian, they go crazy. No, no. You laugh at poly, polytheists but you have no problem believing in a triune God. Okay. You, you don't have any, any problem believing in Trinity. Your face turns people when you hear the, when your face turns, when you hear people, uh, when you hear the atrocities attributed by Allah, but you don't flinch when you're hearing how about how God Jehovah slaughtered all the babies in Egypt. You laugh at Hindu beliefs that deify humans and Greek claims about God sleeping with women but you have no problem believing that the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. You're willing to spend your life looking for little loopholes in the scientifically established age of Earth, which is a few billion years, but you find nothing wrong with believing dates recorded by Bronze Age tribesmen sitting in their tents, guessing that Earth is a, is a few generations old, just guessing at the age of the planet. Just guess. We'll just guess. Yeah, 6,000 years. You know why they believe that the Earth is 6,000 years old, most Christians, is because the Sumerian tablets are 6,000 years old, and that's when the story started. It was recopied most recently. It's not based on any science or geology. You believe that the entire population of this planet, with the exception of those who share your beliefs, though excluding those in all rival sects, will spend eternity in infinite hell as suffering. Yet consider your religion the most tolerant and loving, so loving, but you're going to burn in a lake of fire. If I had a dollar for every person that told me I was going to burn in a lake of fire, I'd be a trillionaire right now. 
While modern science, history, geology, biology, and physics have failed to convince you otherwise, you some uh, convince you otherwise. Some idiot rolling around on the floor speaking in tongues may be all the evidence you need to prove Christianity. You don't need anything else. That's it. That's that's your evidence right there. Science out the window. Evidence out the window. <clears throat> you define zero point one percent as the high success rate when it comes to answered prayers. <laughs> Literally, it's a, it's luck of the draw. Your prayers don't work. 85% of the people on the planet are religious. There are millions and maybe even trillions of prayers going up daily because people paying multiple times a day times 8 billion. And it's not working, guys. Sorry, not working. Meditation has a better success rate than prayers. And you actually know a lot less than many atheists and agnostics do about the Bible. Christianity and church history, but you still call yourself a Christian, but you know nothing about the book whatsoever. 99.9% of Christians have never even read the entire Bible. I've read the entire Bible over 100 times, back and forth, inside and out, upside and down. I know all the information in the Bible. I've calculated and, and clocked and tagged and tipped all the information in there that's pertinent to my research and information that I need to learn about and know, because it's important for you to understand and know about all the topics and information and historical context in there as I dig into deeper and more ancient texts. How in the world can I know more about the Bible than you? And I'm not even a Christian. And I do believe in a creator, but not the one in that book. You're you're praying to multiple people. All right, guys, that's my time coming to an end today. (laughs) Every now and then, you know, I got to pull out the little my little spanking uh, stick and hit you. Hey, uh, well, wait a minute. What's Billy talking about? (laughs) I better I better do some work over here. I got some work to do. If you if you if you left this video feeling like, you know what? I mean, I like the way he put it, but damn it, I need to go do some research. If you left if you left this rant today with that in your mind, then you 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 get you got some good days ahead. But if you left this feeling like, how dare he? He's gonna burn in a lake of fire, then you're still you're still in a coma. You'll be you'll be reincarnated though. You'll be back, and then you'll get another chance again. All right, you get another chance again. Anyway, guys, thank you for so many so many of the uh the chat donations. I was on a um what do you call that? A uh a PowerPoint. So during the PowerPoint, I can't see. I normally would like to put those up on the screen. I couldn't see them. But I appreciate every single one of you for participating tonight. Recognize every single one of you. I love every single one of you. It's all about unconditional love. Sometimes you got it, it's called tough love. It's called tough love. And you gotta be real. All this dancing around the bushes, you know, guys, I'm forbidden knowledge. I don't dance around the bushes. That's not who I am. You already know that. That's why y'all come to my rants, because I don't dance around. I'm going to give it to you like it is, whether you like it or not. I'm going to give it to you like it is, period. And I'm telling you right now, the Christians on this planet are responsible for half the problems we got. And then the CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies that are poisoning the planet with all the chemicals and all the all, all the all the funding, all the wars on both sides of the war, supplying war materials and guns and everything else. Those are the ones that are the rest of the problem. The other 50 percent of the problem. We got a big problem on this planet. We got people calling on the name of God that are selling guns. I'm not talking about guns in the street. I'm talking about arms to militaries. The United States is the largest arms dealer in the world. And they are here complaining about what's going on with these people running around. Now, that's a problem. Don't get me wrong. But. We're the biggest problem. We're around here giving everybody the damn guns. We're supplying tanks. We're supplying SAMs, surface-to-air missiles. We're supplying 
Oh, the jets. We're supplying fighter jets. Taking orders like it's, uh, you know, it's coming in like it's Walmart. And we're putting this stuff out there in the world. And then we're, oh, it would re- the reason why they do it is because they're fueling the wars. They want the wars to happen so we can get involved. First, we can make the money off of the, where you take the tax dollars to buy the equipment and create it. Then we go ahead and sell it. And we take the profit. That's 100% profit. It didn't cost us a penny to make the stuff in the first place. We stole that money from the people. Now we got a profit from it that we didn't have to even worry about because there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no overhead. We took that from the tax dollars. Then we create, now we create turmoil in the world. And guess what? Somebody got to call us. We got, y'all need our help? We're going to come help you guys. Now we fire up our engines and we go over there and we start blowing up stuff. So we make money from that because we take the tax dollars to pay for the war effort. And then what we do is after we destroy the whole place, we get more money out of the situation from the world governments so that we can clean it up. That's you know, Halliburton company, right? $38 billion. That's a straight pimp game going on out here. And all of this is in the name of the Lord. But we're going to bring democracy to your country. God bless America. Come on, man. <laughs> Whew. This planet, boy, we got a lot of work to do. I'm optimistic. Don't get me wrong, but damn it, we got a lot of work to do down here. I I can't I can't even go to sleep tonight. I gotta stay up all night and work. I gotta burn the I gotta burn the midnight oil again. There's so much work to do on this planet. It ain't even funny. It's nonstop. But you got to keep waking people up. Got to keep waking people up. All right. Anyway, guys, thank you. I love you guys. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for hopping on tonight. If you found anything in this video was uh educational or whatever or, or helps you in any kind of way just make sure you share the video click the like button uh and uh i'll be back on again tomorrow i'll be back on again manana don't forget to get shares of forbidden knowledge there's only there's less than 24 hours left now less than 24 hours left to get shares i'll drop the link in here real quick for you if you want to become a shareholder because after we wrap this up we are moving into a nasdaq offering which will be the first quarter all right 24 hours guys to get shares Drop the link in the chat right now. And uh, I'm going to sign off, guys. I got to I gotta stand up, walk around, get my lymph moving, get, get everything moving and get my, my fluids flowing. Then I got to get right back to work again. All right. I love you guys. Appreciate y'all. And I'll catch y'all later. Peace. This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.